0: Follow that. All right, I have a quick story for you children. It's not a long one, it's a quick one. But I know what you're going to learn about today. I know what you're going to learn about today. You're going to learn about a man called Peter. Anybody ever heard of Peter? Anybody out there ever heard of Peter? Heard of Peter? One day, Peter gets arrested, and they put him in the jail, and they have 16 guards guarding him. He must have been a pretty crazy kind of guy to have 16 guards, right? On each side of him, they have a guard chained to him. So when he's laying in bed, and he's trying to sleep, there's a guard chained to him on this side, and a guard chained to him on that side. But guess what happened? God sent him a helper, an angel. An angel came and took his chains away. He blinded all of the guards so they couldn't see Peter, and he walked him right out of that jail. Isn't it good to have a helper? Yes. Who has a helper? Who's the best helper? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a helper? Nice. Who? Mom and dad, that's right. Mom and dad are great helpers. You have a helper? Your teacher is a helper? Oh, your teacher has a helper. We all need a helper, don't we? And today, we're going to learn about Eve, who was the very first mother. She's the mother of all mothers, and she was a great helper. Isn't that good? Moms are good helpers, aren't they? Shall we pray? And then I'm going to send you all out to, listen, to learn your lesson. Father, I thank you for these children. I thank you for just the joy that we see in their faces, that simple faith. And uh, just knowing you, it's right there on their faces. Father, I pray that you would protect them, open up their hearts and their minds and their eyes to see you, and bless them, bless their parents, bless their families and their teachers this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You are all welcome. Well, good morning again. We have a few more people in this section now, so this is good. If you if you're online, we thank you for joining us. You think the place is empty because everybody's on either side here, but there are people here this morning. So let me know uh, who has a mom. Let me know. Let me hear here. Who's got a mom? Everybody's got a mom, right? We all have a mom. Alright, let me find my stuff here. So this morning, this Mother's Day, I want to begin a new series. I'm calling it Bible Peeps. That doesn't mean that we're peeping at the Bible. It's people from the Bible. Now, if you've got a favorite Bible Peeps that you would like me to preach on sometime over this summer, let me know and I'll put together a message on that person. So I'll talk about that again a little bit later. But today, it's Mother's Day, so I thought we would talk about the mother of all mothers, Eve. Genesis 3.20 says, And then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. The Hebrew word translated Eve means life or living. She gives life to all things. Now, we all know about Eve, don't we? Everybody knows the Eve story. We all know that Eve messed up and she messed up big time. But this morning, I want to come at it from a little bit different perspective. We're going to look through the Scripture But I want us to look at Eve, the person. I want us to look at Eve, the wife, the mom. Eve, the beloved daughter of God. She is one of God's creations. And just see it from a different perspective. Now, let me just give you a heads up. The story of Eve is found in the first four chapters of Genesis. I'm going to go through those really quick, and I'm going to jump from one place to the next. Normally, I encourage you to follow along in your Bibles... You're probably best just following along on the screen today. There's a lot of good stuff in this story that I'm going to skip over because I want to get to this place where we talk about Eve as, as a person, okay? So we're good with that? It's too bad, isn't it, really? Because I have the microphone, don't I? <laughs> All right, let's dive into Genesis. We're going to begin chapter 1, verse 27 through 31. It says, so God created human beings in his own image, In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, Reign over the fish in the sea, birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food, and I've given every green plant as food for all the wild animals the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that's what happened. Seems to me in the first days everybody was vegan. (laughs) I want ribs. (laughs) (laughs) Then God looked over all he made and he said that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. Now a couple of interesting things here. There are two accounts of the creation event in Genesis, in chapter 1 and then again in chapters 2 and 3. One highlights certain aspects of it, the other one highlights other aspects for it. To get a complete picture, you really need to read both. So I'm going to encourage you, when you go home, read through these first four chapters of Genesis. They're, 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 they're kind of weird, just being up front with you. Uh, m- most of the questions that I've got for Jesus... When I get there, it comes from the first five, six chapters of Genesis. I was like, really? What was that all about? So, but read through them. So chapter 2 begins at, down in verse 4. It says, this is the account of cre- the creation of the heavens and the earth. So this is the recreation account. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. A lot of people believe that, that there was a firmament around the earth, that they hadn't even seen the sun, it had never rained, and that, that all the moisture was contained in this, this firmament around the earth. And when the flood came, it was that firmament that, that poured on the earth, but that's a whole different thing. Streams came up from the ground at this time, and that's what watered the earth rather than rain. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered the land. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed breath into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So Adam was an adult man when he was formed. So that first account kind of gives you the impression that Adam and Eve were created at the same time. But that's not the case. Adam was created first says, then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. Eden means pleasure or peaceful. Eden was a region, and the garden was in this region, a pretty extensive garden that is a peaceful, pleasant place. That's hard to say. Peaceful, pleasant place. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground. Trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Down to verse fifteen, it says the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, so he had a purpose, he had a job. It wasn't just hang out in paradise. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So two trees in the middle of this garden. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, it's important to note that God did not forbid Adam to eat of the tree of life. This tree of life is sort of a mystery. Like, why do we need a tree of life? It's mentioned here in this first part of Genesis, and then you don't hear of it again until Revelation chapter 22. When God puts everything right, there's a stream of life, and on either side of the stream of life is the tree of life. So it's kind of interesting. It's, it's intriguing, kind of weird stuff. And then the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now note, it's not the tree of good and evil, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The understanding of what good and evil is. This is important. Now, this is kind of intriguing. You know, questions to ask God. Why? Why did you put that tree in the middle of the garden, God? If that tree wasn't there, we couldn't sin. You know, if there's no speed limit, right? They can't stop you for speeding. You're going too fast. How do you know I'm going too fast? well, you're going crazy. Yeah, but there's no speed limit, right? So so God at this point, by putting a tree in the middle of the garden, he makes the possibility of sin real. He doesn't make it actual, but he makes the possibility real. We make it actual. And he warns Adam, he says, you can eat freely of the fruit of Of every tree in the garden, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from this tree, there will be a cost. He doesn't bar the tree. He actually doesn't say, I forbid you to eat. He says, you can eat of all these trees freely, no problem. But if you eat of this tree, there's a cost. Are you willing to pay the cost? You are sure to die. Now, think about this. Sometimes we can skip over little things. What would Adam be thinking? You are sure to die. What is die? What is die? Has no concept of death. He's got no relatives. There's no other human beings. He hasn't grieved somebody's death. He's never seen anybody's death. You think about how difficult it is to explain death to a child. And how horrible is it to explain death to a child? That this life is temporary, that that people go away. Adam had no frame of reference. If you eat of this tree, you will surely die. Now, I don't know, the Bible's not clear on this, whether animals died back then. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But if you notice at the beginning there, when it talked about the food for the animals, it was all the green food. There was no mention of animals eating other animals. So, I don't know. So, that th- this concept of personal death is unique. He hasn't experienced it. So, I'm just wondering, you know, if I eat of that, I die? <laughs> Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. Now, this isn't in order because we know from the previous description that these animals already were in place. But the, just explaining it here. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. That must have been quite a laborious task, wouldn't it? Next, (laughs) fly. Next, swim. Next. (laughs) He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib And he brought her to the man. And we now know in modern day with DNA that this is completely possible. Now, some people have issue with the term helper. God would make a helper for him that was just right for him. Especially a lot of feminists. There's this idea that to be a helper is subservient. It's less than. But the word used for helper there is the exact same word later on in Scripture that is used to describe God And his relationship to the Israelites. He is their helper. And there is by no means is God subservient or lesser than the Israelites. So it's not a derogatory term. In in, in fact, you, you could see some symbolism here. He didn't take a bone from Adam's face so that he would be above Eve. He didn't take a bone out of his foot so that he would be below Eve. He took a bone out of his side. So that he would be beside Eve. They are equal. It's not in the Bible. But I'm sure God meant to put it in there. He's correct in that today. <laughs> I love this verse. At last the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman, because she was taken from man. The Hebrew word. Woman literally means man-s, like lioness, man-s. So Adam is lonely. He's in need of a companion, and at last, at last, he exclaims, One for me. Happy birthday. Thank you, God. Carries on. This explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now, the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. (sighs) Can you imagine the first time Adam lays eyes on Eve? He's a fully grown adult, and she's a fully grown adult. There's no baby here. He goes to sleep. He wakes up, and there's Eve. And it's like, wow, this is the best birthday present ever. And I don't want to get into too much detail here, but let's get real. There must have been a little bit of... (laughs) (laughs) She's like me, but she's not the same as me. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry to you people on that. (laughs) I can't help myself. (laughs) I'm just thinking through it, though. From Adam's perspective, it must have been... Wow. And then God puts inside of Adam a a natural desire for his wife. So, you know, he wakes up and he looks at her and he thinks, yeah, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah, baby. This is good. (laughs) Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, it, it says, and the two shall become one. This whole concept of oneness is most certainly physical, but I think it's also spiritual and emotional. You know, some people believe that there's a soulmate. And some people believe that we only have one soulmate. I don't know about all of that. I do know that my wife and I are one. We are one in spirit. We are one emotionally. We are one. That doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything. She's wrong on a lot of stuff. Doesn't mean that we have to like the same thing. She likes some weird stuff. Doesn't mean that we have to dress alike. But there is a oneness about us. You know, that that saying, you complete me. She completes me. I complete her. It's it's a reality. And that's how the relationship is supposed to be. That's how God designed the relationship. That there would be a oneness between the husband and his wife. So we're going to scoot down to chapter 3. And this is where it starts to get weird. Verses 1 through 7. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked a woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Yeah, I've talked about this before. (laughs) A talking serpent. All right, let's just get real. Do you not think that would freak Eve out? You're walking through the garden, and all of a sudden a serpent starts talking to you. It's a difficult passage of Scripture. Now, we know that God spoke through a donkey. God spoke through a burning bush. God can speak through anything he wants. Here, we see Satan speaking through a serpent. The serpent is the representation of Satan. Now, a little bit different. That Eve would listen to a talking serpent might not be as strange as it would seem. You've got to think about this. For Adam and Eve, everything was brand new. They have no frame of reference. You know, whenever we experience something, somebody's experienced it before us, right? You know, when you're eating food and you're trying to persuade a child to, to, it'll be good, you'll like it. I know, I like it. They didn't have any of that. Everything was a brand new experience. How, How awesome would that be? I mean, wow, everything is a brand new experience. So for Eve to be walking through the garden... And a serpent starts speaking to her. She has no frame of reference. It's just a talking serpent. Now, from the scripture here, it it seems to me that this might not be the first time that Eve's had a conversation with the serpent. Now, here's why I think that. It says, one day, he asked the woman, one day, not this day, but one day. So I think that, that, that this is not the first conversation that Eve has had with the serpent. He's a schmoozer. He may have been innocently chatting with her for a while. Gaining her confidence. Just becoming just normal. Normal. He's a smoozer, and he's going to do what smoozers do. He's asking questions that cause doubt. And no doubt, throwing in a little bit of flattery there. That's, that's what smoozers do. They make the unreasonable seem real, reasonable. They make wrong seem right, and right seem wrong. From the angle that they come at it, and they're so good at it sometimes, that, that when you get schmoozed, you actually believe it. You say, yeah, that, you yeah, what? Never thought of it that way before. I had a friend who was a smoozer years ago. (laughs) He was was my best friend at the time, but he was a pathological liar. We sold encyclopedias door-to-door for a period of time. That's where I met him. And every little town that we went in, he had a woman. He was married. But every time we would go in, he, we would drop off the crew. You do this, there, there. I'm, I'm going over there. There's somebody I know. He was a smoozer. Smoozers know what to say. You know, if your husband really loved you that much, why does he spend so much time at work? God, if you were my wife, I'd be here every day. I'll tell you that right now. They're good at what they do. The serpent is smoozing Eve. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Well, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. So there's exaggerations going on there. But Mr. Smoozer doesn't correct the exaggerations because they're working in his favor. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. Again, they've got no experience of death. What is die? And he's using that to his advantage. You're not going to die. Let me tell you what's really going to happen if you eat the fruit. Smoozers are good at twisting the truth. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. He's holding out on you, you know. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Verse 6 says, the woman was convinced. She bought into it. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. This is how temptation works. Suddenly, the benefits so far outweigh the consequences. It's like the consequences get put on a shelf way back there, not even thinking about it anymore. They're not even in the line of sight. And the fruit on the tree, it looks even better than ever. You start thinking about the fruit. You start dreaming about the fruit. I wonder what that fruit would taste like. I bet that fruit's really good. And every day you got this serpent whispering in your ear, boy, that does. You'd be pretty wise if you ate that. Wise? Who doesn't want wisdom? Wisdom's a good thing, right? Why would God hold out wisdom? What kind of a God is he? says so she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. He's party to the whole conversation. And I imagine when she takes the fruit, you know how this is. She's been thinking about it. She's probably dreamt about this fruit. It looks great, and she takes that bite, and it's like, oh my, oh Adam, Adam, you got oh you gotta try this. This is better. Oh Adam. Really? Is it it that good? We don't know if it was an apple, but maybe, maybe not. Here's the reality. Forbidden fruit tastes good. You've been thinking about it, imagining it, and then all of a sudden, whoa. You see, sin at the moment of impact usually is very, very pleasurable. You ever had a rash? Don't raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand. (laughs) Anyone got one now? <laughs> you know, it's like when you get a rash and it just itches and you know, you shouldn't scratch it, but it just itches. And then when you do, it's like, oh, <laughs> your toes are curling up. It's like, yeah, this is good. But then when you quit scratching it, it's more inflamed and itches even more. You didn't get any relief. You got some relief. And at the time it was like, yeah, oh Yeah. That's how temptation works. It lures you in and it does feel good, but it doesn't leave you satisfied. All it does is create a greater itch. You know, you hear people say, well, I should just try it once and just, you know, get it out of my system. No, you won't. You try it once, it's in your system. You're done. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves, the knowledge of both good and evil. Up to this point, they only knew good. Now their eyes are open. They know shame, they know guilt, they know all the other emotions that go along with sin. All of a sudden, that, that thing that was on the shelf, the consequences, starts getting bigger and bigger, and the, and the fruit starts, it did not look so good anymore. I thought it would be so good, and it, and it was, but. And their relationship with God the provider is completely compromised. Now, there's, in the Scripture now, there's a whole thing about those. what happens, but I'm going to go down to verse 20 because I want to get into this Eve as a person. It says, Then the man Adam named his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. So there's definitely death now because he's making clothing from animal skins. Then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. God the Father is talking to the Son, like us. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? They will live forever. This is kind of weird. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the Tree of Life. You're not having access to the Tree of Life. It's very mysterious. It's very intriguing, this this Tree of Life thing but it has the power to give eternal life. Like I say, we see it here, and then we don't see it again until Revelation 22. Scripture ties together all the way through. Eve is now about to experience in the most painful way that she could not have imagined the consequences of her actions in chapter 4. It says, now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also bought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Now, we could get into this. I'm not going to, but obviously a lot of information is missing here, and there's all kinds of theology to talk about what happened. That's not the point this morning. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. So he's having a conversation with the Lord. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. There's a word for all of us. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. There is the knowledge of evil. How tragic for Eve. What is Die? Her firstborn son murders her second born son. All the weight of everything that has happened is now sitting on her shoulders. Down in verse 25, it says, Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. So that's the account of Eve. Eve becomes the mother of all mothers. Ironically, there's no mention of her daughters. Kind of get left out of the story, but she becomes the mother of all mothers and the mother of all fathers. And we know there are daughters because we're here, right? (laughs) So, for for the remainder of our time here, last ten minutes or so, I want to talk about the person Eve. We've gone through the scripture. She's a wife. She's a mom. She is a child of the Lord. You know, moms and and, and wives, when I I talk to people, oftentimes I'll ask them their story. Tell me about your faith story. And I'm not taking anything away from dads or granddads. But time and time again, when I talk to people about who was the greatest influence spiritually in your life, over and over and over again, it was my mom. It was my grandma. Way outnumber us, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) It was my mom. It was my grandma. Even though we all know bad Eve, that's the one we mostly know, Eve wasn't all bad. That last line is evidence of her legacy. It says, At that time people first began to worship the Lord by name. It's an odd sentence to put in there. Eve has a spiritual legacy. Let me explain. She had a special relationship with the Lord. She is the first woman to call him her Lord. Even though she lived in the midst of all of this brokenness and this pain, she acknowledged and gave thanks to the Lord. And she was the first one to do it. When, think about Adam. When God presented Adam with Eve, what did he say? At last. It's kind of like about time. <laughs> Seriously? Named all the animals. <laughs> Thank you. There's no mention of God. When, when, when Eve is presented to Adam, there's no mention of God in Adam's dialogue, Oh, she is bone of my bones. She is flesh of my flesh. I'm going to call her Eve. <laughs> Look at Eve's response. Verse 1 in chapter 4. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Eve is the first person in the Bible to acknowledge the Lord in this manner. She understood that that these things don't just happen, that that God is in charge of these things. She didn't say, oh, my husband has given me a child. She said, the Lord has blessed me with this child. Thank you, God. And how she loved that child. Cain means possession. Mine. He's mine. And there's an instant, an, an immediate maternal bond. And she acknowledges God. Thank you, God. This one is mine. He's a gift from you. Thank you, God. And then she has another boy, Abel. Abel means breath, as in breath of life. God breathes life. An acknowledgement that all life comes from God. And then later, a third child, Seth, a third boy. She's probably had lots of daughters in between here, but they don't get a mention. And again, she praises the Lord. Look at what she says in verse 25. She named him Seth. For she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. Seth means granted or compensated for. Thank you, God. You've seen my pain. You've seen my hurt. And you have loved me and you have given me another boy. And oddly, if you look at the genealogies, Cain and Abel are never mentioned. Adam, Seth, and on it goes. And that last line, "In these days, men began; to, people began to worship the Lord." Is the legacy I believe of Eve worshiping the Lord? She passes that on to her children. She acknowledged God. And she depended on, this, on God. Now, I want to look at this fall just quickly from a different perspective. We always think about Eve as the one that started all the mess. But here's something to be noted. Eve didn't break it. It was already broken. Think about this. The serpent is a fallen angel. If you read further on in Scripture, it, it's already broken. Now, sin and brokenness has not come to mankind, but it's already there. It's happened before. It's happened up in the heavenly realm. So it's already broken. Something else to note. The command to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was never given to Eve. It was given to Adam before Eve existed. She wasn't even around when God said to Adam, don't eat the fruit of that tree. Eve didn't break the commandment. Adam broke the commandment. That's why in Romans 5.12, it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. Now, he didn't have to listen to his wife. Oh, it's so good, man. At that point, Adam should have just said, what are you doing? Smacked that thing out of her hand and said, don't be doing that. It causes something called death. don't know what that is, but, but he didn't. He took the apple. Oh, yeah, that, but that tastes good. <laughs> I can't help but feel sorry for Eve. She's the matriarch of matriarchs, the mother of all mothers. And let's face it, what a horrible experience it was for her. She went from peaceful perfection in the Garden of Eden to her first-born boy murdering her second-born boy. One of her kids murdered the other one. They had not known death, no experience of a loved one dying and gone. When the serpent whispered to her, you won't die, she had no idea of the depth of what was going to happen. She couldn't have imagined for a second that that death would be her son, killed by her other son. How tragic, how painful. And she had no peers. She had no mom, no sisters. No one to turn to, no one to hold her hand, no one to give her a hug. Adam's there, but he's in the same boat. How immensely heavy must the burden have been on her shoulders. How bitter the tears that she shed. The words of the serpent echoing in her ears. Your eyes will be opened and you will know both good and evil. She wanted wisdom. Serpent never promised wisdom. He promised knowledge. And that's different. All right, let me close with this because it's a real downer for Mother's Day, isn't it? What can we learn from Eve? First one, we learn to praise God. Even in her brokenness, she gave thanks to God. She found a reason to praise God. Thank you, God. You are the one who has given me this child. You are the one who's given me this second child. You are the one who's given me this third child. Thank you, God. Always remember, no matter how broken or how far from God you might feel, how far from God must she have felt? But she still gave praise to God. Second one, have mercy. We are broken people, right? But we're in it together. We're not alone like she was. We have someone. And no one should go through this life alone, should they? We have someone. And if you don't have someone, you need to get someone, and you need to be someone's someone. Everybody needs someone, don't they? Anybody here not need someone? Anybody out there? We all need someone. So be somebody's someone. Have mercy on people. You know, everyone has, has a story. Before you judge, take time to listen to their story. And then you can be their someone. And when it comes to kids, we saw these kids up here. We're all moms and dads to these children. The Bible gives the responsibility of raising these children to know Jesus Christ to all of us. Every single one of us in here is a mom and a dad, or a mom or a dad. I'm not a mom. And I I, I want you to make this practical if you can. If you don't have family nearby, here's the way it is these days. A lot of grandparents are doing parenting roles, looking after kids, but not everyone. Adopt an Eve. Adopt an Eve. Even if she's got an Adam. If you can, make friends with someone who's a mom, maybe a single mom, and just once in a while just say, hey, why don't you take a night off? We'll look after the kids. You all go on out. No charge. Everybody needs someone. Eve didn't have anyone. But these days, we can be that someone to someone. Third, be awful. You like that one? Notice how awful is spelled. It's not a misspelling. Be full of awe. Be awful. I mean, everything was brand new for Adam and Eve. You can kind of get... Life can become a little bit blasé sometimes, can it? Look for the, the awe in life. Find something that's just wow. And, and look for the good in it. Look for the good in people and be awed by the good in people. Be awed by what God is doing in people. You know, the, you, can, you can live life from two different perspectives. Nobody helped me. I'm not helping anyone. I did it myself. They should do it myself. Or nobody helped me. I'm going to make sure that the people I know have help. I will help them. I will be good. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? That would fill you with awe. How are we doing? 12.02, and I know you're all waiting to get to a restaurant. Are you not? Some of you are. I'm only about 25 minutes away here. Um. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. If you've got a person you'd like me to... That's Eve. We've done Eve. It's not so bad as we might think that she is. She's just a woman who struggled on her own. She made a big mistake, and every single one of us has made a big mistake, right? But that's all we remember her for. But she left a legacy. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Thank you, Eve. That is your legacy. Leave a legacy. If you've got someone you'd like me to do in this series, I put it out there on Facebook and nobody responded. I don't blame you, I blame the post. But if you've got someone, I've been asking people, who's your favorite character in the Bible? Over the summer, I'm just going to pick a few and, and we'll do them each week and see what we can learn from them. So let me know, go on Facebook, put it in Messenger. If you're online, you're included in this too. And let us know you're out there. You know, it's encouraging to know that people are watching online. You people, we've got people that watch in England. We've got people that watch in Canada. You need to know it's going to be 38 degrees here today. They don't know what we're talking about. But we all know. Hot. Hot. Is it 38? No, 36, I think. Celsius. Yeah. You know, what the rest of the world uses. Anyway. (laughs) Announcements Men's breakfast this Saturday, guys? Nope. It says May 7th. <laughs> May 14th, we got that wrong. This coming Saturday, guys. men's breakfast right across the hall from where Bob is standing. All the food you need, all the cholesterol you need. great fellowship. great time. so if you've never been, this is your week to come. Ladies, you've got the women's theme dinner coming up next. Next Sunday at 5 o'clock, do they still have time to sign up? Today is the deadline. Sign up in the foyer. Can they sign up online? Just a point I'm making here. Sorry to embarrass you. But sign up in the foyer. It's not you. It's them, isn't it? Email you. I like that. Good one. Good one, Martha. She's right out of Eve's book right there. Like, Let me get <laughs> found a way around it. And the lawn team. Anybody like mowing grass? Anybody like the building looking good? You got to mow grass for the building to look good. So we're building a team. We're putting teams together to, to mow the grass. So if you can be on that team, who do they need to see? David or Hector? David here? He's not here this morning. All right. All right. That's all I got for you this morning. Please stand. Happy Mother's Day. Don't forget to say Happy Mother's Day to your mama. Even if she's not here with you, you can still say Happy Mother's Day. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks. I thank you for Eve. I thank you for a different perspective on the life of Eve. And Father, I pray that that we would all be like her from that. She praised your name, Father. And she was the first one to praise your name. And that legacy has been handed down. In fact, it's a command from you that we praise your name name. Father, help us to see the eaves out there who are struggling, and help us to be there, someone that they don't go through it alone. Father, pour out your blessings on each and every one of us, so that as we leave from here, we may bless everyone we meet. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Please be faithful with your offering. You can put your offering in the basket there, or you can give online. Thank you.